Welcome to the Cigar Snob Podcast. I am Nick Jimenez, the senior editor of Cigar Snob Magazine. I'm joined by Eric Calvino. Yo. Our editor and publisher, and Ivan Ocampo. Hello. Our photo producer and general photo acquisition, fashion guru, sometimes photographer. You do a lot of things. You wear a lot of hats. That's a pretty long title. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a bigger business card. And it always changes in every podcast. <laughs> I like this. That's part of the thing. Nice. That's part of the thing. Okay. We'll get more creative going into episode six. Okay. We are leading off this podcast. The last time that we that we recorded, we were remembering um, uh, Jose Orlando Padron, who uh, had passed not too long before. And unfortunately, um, now we are going to be remembering Gilberto Oliva Sr., who was the patriarch of the Oliva cigar family? Eric, I know that you had a you had a close relationship with the Olivas, so I'll uh, I'll pass the reins over to you on on this. What are some things that that you think uh, people listening should know or remember about Hiberto uh, Senior, especially considering that he was sort of more of a behind the scenes character that that the average consumer might not have been aware of. Yeah, I think, uh, and and you said I I had a relationship with the Olivas. No, I have a, <laughs> I continue to have. Yeah, uh, we're we're very very close. Uh, our families are close. We get together uh, often, not often enough, but uh, that's only because of our schedules. But at any rate, uh, yeah, the the thing that I think people may, perhaps don't know about Hebeto Oliva Senior, because he was behind the scenes, he was. Uh, he was involved more in the leaf business of of the Oliva cigars. And, you know, when you look at, at a product like theirs, one of the reasons that people keep coming back to that product is because of the consistency, right? You never, I don't, I mean, you can't say never because anything can happen, right? But uh, you don't smoke Olivas and then go, oh, wow, this is, this is weird. This doesn't taste like Oliva. This tastes like something else. No, I mean, even, even when they, when they started getting big with Flor de Oliva, which is a bundle product, and it became the best-selling bundle in the country, it was an amazing cigar for being a bundle. And then it, that kept going and going, and, and obviously up to the, the V and the V Melanio. And so these cigars reached their notoriety uh, and achieved their notoriety because of the tobacco that was in them. You know, the, the blends are obviously extremely important, but if you don't have the raw material... To make the blends, you just can't make those cigars. So while Hiberto Oliva Sr.'s name is not in the forefront, right, and it's not in, in front of consumers, in the forefront of consumers' minds, that doesn't, uh, that should never diminish his impact, right? It's a tremendous impact on the business. Uh, not only that, but they he sold tobacco to, so there's Oliva tobacco in, in many cigars because they were, they were one of Nicaragua's largest growers. He was, I, I have some some great memories of him, right? He was uh, instrumental in my cigar, in my formative cigar smoking years. So my first, as we call in Spanish, borrachera, right? The first time that I got just killed by a cigar uh, was a cigar he gave me as, you know, I was, I don't know, 17 or something like that. And we were in their backyard and we were talking about how we wanted, Jose and I were talking about how we wanted cigars to be stronger and stronger. And he said, oh, you guys want stronger? And uh, he just, he handed me something that just knocked me out. And, uh, but anyway, the, the, those are some just memories that we'll keep between us. And uh, now nah, it was, it, it's tough for me, man. It's tough. That guy, like I said, he was uh, instrumental in my cigar formative years. 
I love the guy. I, I loved. Uh, I love his family, uh, his kids, all of them. You know, Jose, Hiberto, Carlos, Maria, and Jeannie. They're 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 great people, all of them in their own way. And uh, yeah, I, I'm gonna miss that guy. Uh, so every trip to Nicaragua uh, for me included a a visit to see him every time. So I will I will definitely miss him, and I think the cigar world uh, will miss him. Yeah. Uh. As far as the the cigars, you know, I, I think that a, a lot of these cigar makers, you know, have something that's sort of their signature, whether that's uh, a particular leaf or uh, a commitment to a particular profile. What are some things that the consumer, especially somebody, a, a smoker who hasn't really explored Oliva all that much, what's something that you would point to as like, this is a, a patently Oliva thing that you will pick up on and it's sort of like the, the stamp that um, that Hiberto Senior left on there, and, and I'm especially interested in in things that he sort of passed on to to guys like Jose uh, and, and other people who will sort of be carrying his legacy on. I think one of the things that that is a hallmark of Oliva is the tobacco processing. Right, you'll never run into an Oliva that has that under fermented tobacco punch in the face. It'll it'll never have that. And sometimes smokers today. They confuse strength with harshness, right? And Oliva is a company that that believes in fermenting their tobacco to the point that it needs to be. Not overdoing it because you can also overdo it and sort of knock down the tobacco's characteristics by over-fermenting it or over-aging it. Uh, the Olivas really have been incredibly consistent at fermenting it to the right point where the tobacco is still alive and it still gives you that, that jolt, but without ever having any any bit of harshness and and that's that's something that oddly enough in today's cigar world where smokers want or or get confused by the strength versus harsh uh dilemma i've actually had someone tell me that the oliva serie v is not full-bodied and you say are you, are you serious like that they're like no no that that's not full-bodied you know i don't feel it i don't feel it in my nose i don't feel it in my throat Okay, well, smoke one on an empty stomach and let me know if it's not full-bodied. It just, it sneaks up on you because it's very well-made and very uh, well-fermented. But um, but yeah, so that that's something that that I've always loved about them. The flavor's always there, the aroma's always there, but it's n- it never has any of the harshness and any of the negative characteristics. So I think in terms of, of flavors, it's a very Nicaraguan taste. But you have to remove that, that pepper, that that super peppery characteristic that many Nicaraguans have today, because consumers think that that means strength. Uh, you know, Olivas have that that earth, that soft pepper, the chocolate, and the coffee. That's very very Oliva. So um, yeah, it, you know what we're smoking right now. Can we talk about what yeah, we're smoking? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so the Oliva V. Milano Maduro is what we're smoking, and it is exactly that, right? Like if you wanted to, if you wanted to have a a uh, symbolic or, or representative cigar of the Oliva profile, go with the Milano or the Milano Maduro. It's a cigar that it's just gonna it's gonna give you the Oliva profile from beginning to end. So I would definitely recommend what we're smoking. I think, like I said, earth, soft pepper chocolate and coffee are 
are the hallmarks of this particular cigar and, and the Oliva line. Yeah, I know when, when I first came on uh, to the magazine was in 2013. So it was right around the time that we put the Milano at the number one spot in our top 25 list. Uh, I'm sure I'd smoked something Oliva before, but I had never really taken the time to explore. But that's sort of like what hooked me. And what you're saying about it being alive without being, uh, you know, uh, sort of overpowering to the point of being unpleasant after a few. And that year, I think I smoked at least two for almost every game of the Heat playoff run leading up to the championship. Because I was getting friends together at a shop. And that was the thing that struck me. I was like, shit, I'm smoking Milano for an hour or two, maybe three hours at a time. And it's as good at the end without making you feel like I, I can't light another one. Yeah, and it, and it never takes on that that sort of rank taste that sometimes when tobacco is under fermented, and you, and you heat it up as you're starting to get to the to the middle to end of the cigar, and the tobacco really starts to heat up, it turns into this rankiness, mm -hmm. and I can't stand that. And every time I'm smoking a cigar and I get to that point, I'm like, Jesus, why why am I doing this? And you'll never have that with an Oliva, right? It's right. they're they're so good at at the processing part of it. Yeah, anyway, I, I can't stop saying good things about yeah, the cigar. Yeah. I love it. It's uh, to give you some background. I, it's my you know your first cigars always form your your idea of of a perfect cigar, right? That happens to every smoker when you when you first start smoking. You go, oh wow, and then and you may want to go up or down in strength or or uh, or intensity, but it's sort of your baseline. It creates your baseline, and the Oliva line has been my baseline because that's what I first started smoking so uh, like I said I just I'm probably the wrong guy to ask because I can't stop saying good things about it I usually say uh, whenever I'm asked what your daily smoke is I'll usually say Oliva V so yeah that's definitely. something I've been doing I tend to shy away from the I guess from the pepper as you described the peppery harsh stuff uh, you call me a puss but <laughs> uh, I do tend to shy away from it this you don't get any any of those characteristics at all uh it is before lunch so i'm sure this will sneak up on me and uh, i'll be feeling it right after this podcast so sort of on the opposite extreme is uh your sister yamilet eric who yes i think uh punches way above her weight on cigar strength unreal man how that little sure <laughs> and if you guys have ever seen her she's tiny just to give you an idea when we when we land in nicaragua or when we pull into esteli uh, Maria Jose from from Oliva Cigars will always come find us at whatever hotel we're staying. Not that there's many to choose from. She could just hop from one to the other and eventually find us. There's not that many there, but um, and she'll bring Yamilet, my sister. She'll bring her a uh, a bundle of Cane Double F. I don't know if any of you guys out there have smoked a Cane Double F. That is out and out. Ask just kicker. an ass kicker, man. Yeah. And uh, and this this little tiny <clears throat> girl smokes them like nothing. I, I just, it floors people when I don't, they see I don't that. know if smoking you under the table is a term, but yeah. she can definitely do yeah. it. So that's a good segue talking about um, uh, Esteli hotels into the next topic in our show notes here is the topic of Esteli. So we're going to be putting a, uh, a travel guide that we wrote for visiting cigar factories in Esteli online soon. And I uh, figured we'd take this opportunity to just kind of talk Nicaraguan travel and, and our own personal experiences uh, with with visiting that that hub of Central American cigar making. 
Uh, Ivan, you um, you were there for the most recent Nicaraguan, uh, the Puro Sabor Festival. That was your first time, right? Yeah, it was my first time. What uh, were your general impressions of, uh, of the town? Well, the first thing that jumps out at you for me is the climate. You know, I thought it was, you know, as, as comparable coming from, you know, South Florida, which is hot and muggy 360 days a year. It was just you know, it was perfect. It was almost like if you were setting foot like somewhere like in, at least when I was there, somewhere like in on the west coast of the U.S., yeah, like, like San Diego or, or Napa or something like yeah, that. Cool at night. Yeah, so, I mean, that's the first thing that jumped out of me. It was it was spectacular. Very cool. And so that's the first thing that jumped out of you? And the electrical cables in, yeah. the, uh, in my shower, <laughs> shower head. Yeah. That was the second thing, but <laughs> before I got there, it was the climate. So you survived the shower long enough to enjoy the climate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, Nicaragua's got some some issues in terms of uh, hotels. You know, not there aren't many. If there are no rooms in, in the decent hotels, you end up in some places... Uh, that have some shower problems, <laughs> to say the least. But uh, but now we we love Nicaragua and the the uh, what is it that we're putting online? That travel guide for visiting factories in in Esteli. So what we did was you know I think most people who tell you they've visited cigar factories in Esteli were there hosted by or traveling with their neighborhood tobacconist or a particular cigar company. Yeah, they may have won a contest or something. Right, exactly. And and so what what we did was, you know, we, we went down to Esteli and, and we sort of went through that trip independently, visiting factories and, and laid out for the person reading it. Um, In other words, renting a car instead of having exactly. a driver come pick us up. Right, right. Yeah. So if you were to just go on your own or with a few buddies to visit factories on your own, how would you go about making the most of that experience and sort of guiding yourself through the town and experiencing all of the cigar stuff that it has to offer. Uh, and so that's what we'll be putting online. It ran in print uh, a few months ago, and and that will be making it more widely available. Uh, and it'll also be evolving because there will be, uh, you know, there will be information that changes in factories that move. So uh, you'll want to look out for that. And if you, you know, have interest in, in traveling to Esteli, uh, refer back to it. So where they, where can they find that? They can find that at cigarsnobmag.com. Uh, and it, it should be on the uh, on the homepage for, for a while, but you can always go there and just run a search for uh, Esteli Travel and, and you'll you'll pull it up. Uh, so Eric, you've, you're the one who's been traveling to Esteli for the longest and who's been the most times with the three of us. What, were, what are your impressions of how it's changed from when you first visited to now? Because I know everybody I talk to who's been seeing it evolve has things to say about how it's changed yeah it just in in terms of size right it's it's grown in congestion right like a number of the amount of people the population uh it is one of the you know one of the places in nicaragua where you can always find work right so so a lot of people flock there and uh, a lot of nicaraguans will flock there to to find work and so it has grown in that sense i mean the it was a sleepy little town 12 years ago when i first went there I mean, really sleepy. You could walk across, you know, La, La Carretera Panamericana, the main artery that, that that goes through Esteli. Without much issue, you could just cross that street. Today, try that. It's like you have to be nuts to try and cross it on foot because it's just nonstop <laughs> motorcycles and, and, and uh, trucks carrying tobacco. And so I love it. I, I love going there. You disconnect completely because it's such a it's so different than anything we're used to in this country. And it's nothing like even going to Santo Domingo or... No, yeah, no, no, no. Santo Domingo still feels like a city. Yeah. And this feels like a, a, a town that's... A small town that's bursting with people. Uh, and 
incredible tobacco all around it. So uh, it's a cool evolution. I think we'll uh, we'll dig up the uh, the old Nicaragua piece and uh, and take a look at that and and kind of reminisce a little bit. I remember during that trip, we uh, you know some of the factories have moved. Right, the Pepin factory was was in this place called the they called La Pelota. Uh, so. And now it's in a massive place. Uh, AJ AJ Fernandez's factories were a little hodgepodge of of different small factories, and now that's this one massive factory. So, uh, and then one of the other ones is the one that we're going to. When is it? Uh, February sixth. So that'll be yeah. uh, for a story in our March April issue. So that's uh, Tabsa, which is uh, the guys from Agonorsa, and uh, their factory has and Casa Fernandez. And Casa Fernandez. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's the brand that people would know. Uh, so anyway, all, all those all those places have have grown and improved. And it, any uh, any non cigar or cigar factory recommendation? I know the place that jumps to my mind just because. Come on, man! Don't even mess I mean, around. I, I remember I was there and I kept hearing people talk about what I think was Harvard. Harvard. People kept talking <laughs> about how so and so was going to Habad and Habad Habad, and then it turned out one night we uh, we pull up to a place called Hard Bar. Hard bar uh, and hard bar is uh, is sort of the place that you just end up right. If you want to do nightlife in SLE, it is like a multi level, multi concept. It's like part part karaoke, part, sports, bar, sports, part karaoke. Part, yeah. yeah. Uh, so if you're in SLE, hard bar is the spot. Well, for me, for me, uh, Esteli Finca Asumesa. Finca Asumesa is great, which yeah. is Darren's place. Uh, you know, he has single handedly improved my food aspirations for Esteli, right? It, it used to be just, you either go to Los Pinareños, which is this little little Cuban restaurant there, uh, or you go to one of the other steakhouses, and they always have, all of these places have consistency problems. You'll go once and you'll be floored by the food quality, and then you go the next time and it's you can't even eat it. Yeah, which the, the problem's in the kitchen, right? So, so yes. he's, we've got you know, a, an American chef who's over there taking advantage of some incredible beef. That Correct. So then you go there now, and every time you sit down, you're getting just amazing food. Yeah. So that's my recommendation. What about you, Ivan? Did you try anything? What, hotels or something? Well, the last time I was there, I was there for the festival. So just hitting back, if, if anybody hasn't attended Puro Sabor, mm-hmm. uh, check that out. It's, it's uh, I mean, you can go to purosabor.com. Yeah. Mean, uh, tickets are still available. It's uh, a, I don't know. It's I think it's sold out. Maybe sold out. Yeah, yeah. I think it's sold out. Forget that. Look, <laughs> look at 2019 for uh, tickets. Uh, but anyways, great event. Uh, so I wasn't really going to to like private restaurants. They have like sit down meals. Yeah, at the festival. At the festival, like all day, every day schedules. So every meal I had was amazing. You know, um, you can't go wrong with red meat and gallo pinto. Uh, well, so don't take my word for it. Go to NicaraguanCigarFestival.com in terms of the sellout. I, I I mean, I said they sold out, but I don't know if they did. There, sure. there may still be some some spots available. But that is well worth uh, attending. It's from the it's from January 22nd to the 27th of, uh, of 2018. So definitely get on that. NicaraguanCigarFestival.com Cool. So how are we doing on the cigar here? And this is, it's again, well... You know, this is what I smoked on Christmas. So this is the exact same cigar. It's like I haven't said when people say, well, what's your go-to? This is one of them for me. I love this cigar. It's it's all, everything that I said earlier. You know, the coffee, the earth, chocolate, the soft pepper, tiny bit of wood, right? Just a, a little bit of like oaky wood. It's delicious. And it's also just, it's pretty. 
Yeah. It's beautiful. It's a really nice looking ash and, you know, which it's one of those, it's, it's rare that it's nice enough for me to care to comment about it. Yeah. But it's always just such a nice looking cigar. It's, it's impressive how consistent uh, that aspect is and, and it speaks to the construction and, and I like the... I don't know. I don't know that too many cigars that I gravitate toward have this about them, but that that like sort of the thinness of the wrapper. It's like a really delicate but flavorful thing. That's interesting um, that you say that because uh, that that's one of the things that uh, Jose he's always preached. Right, you can't put that thick, cheap wrapper on it. Right, he's he's never liked it. Now there's some wrappers that can be thick and, and expensive, but yeah, he's always he's always talking about of getting a, a nice yeah. thin wrapper with um with the right characteristics and and it, this is this is exactly that yeah uh so let's let's shift gears to um christmas which just passed we had a uh christmas eve or noche buena as we refer to it in the tropics in in latin quarters <laughs> yes um what did you guys do what'd you eat what'd you smoke any uh any favorite gifts given or received okay so i got a great gift yeah want to say thank you to the guys over at Drew Estate for giving me my flying pig cigar ashtray tower, which is amazing. So busted yeah. that thing out in my Nochebuena celebration, and it is definitely the centerpiece of conversation. Anytime someone town. walks into his out to his backyard to that terrace area, immediately like, oh my god, what is that? It's like it's instant so, reaction, which so I like I, better than what it does in my office. So. For those of you who haven't seen it, maybe on social media, it's a big uh, red right. pillar with a True Estate uh, flying pig, pig ashtray on the top of and it. artwork on the side of it. Yeah. But this thing's humongous. It's like uh, at least three and a half feet high. Yeah. Uh, beautiful paint job on it. It's impressive. So yeah. thanks a lot, Drew Estate. Yeah, I got one of those as well, and that was a it was a nice a nice treat. Eric, any. Uh... Mm. So we uh, we did our tradition is to go to my dad's house. So every year we go to his house, and I have to say this year he nailed it, nailed it. If if you guys don't know the Cubans, what we do is we we roast a pork, usually usually a whole hog, uh, for Christmas Eve, as we call it, Noche Buena, uh, which would translate into Good Night. Right. <laughs> But uh, uh, yeah, so we do the whole hog, and man, he freaking nailed it this year. It was outrageously good. So, so yeah, that's what we did. Uh, in terms of gifts, you know, you get the normal gifts, but my brother Chuck gave me a Yeti, uh, I guess tumbler you would call it, right? Unreal for coffee. I pour the coffee into it at nine in the morning and it's still piping hot by three in the afternoon. It's unreal. So thank you, Chuck. It's Ray endorsement for the Yetis. My wife gave me the headphones that I have on my head right now. Oh, uh, it's a hell of a look. Some pretty exciting stuff. I have never owned noise canceling headphones, and I am looking forward to canceling all kinds of shit out. It could. It's useful here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, but especially for planes. You know, we travel all the time, and it's like I have. Uh, I, I tend to you know pick my seat based on aisle or window, and I just somehow I always end up putting myself right up against an engine. So, <laughs> uh, so this will be nice. I also got my dad uh, a gift that was partly for myself. We're doing a, a pistol training course. So water pistol. A lot of water pistol shooting. <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, January 6th. If you don't hear from me, something's gone wrong. <laughs> Something went horribly uh, wrong in the training. <laughs> um, so, uh, 
Eric, you are going to be, this is a New Year's Eve trip. You're going to, to Savannah in South Carolina? Oh, yeah. We're going camping. Going camping up there in this cold-ass weather. But, uh, yeah, we're psyched, man. Uh, now, you you went to Savannah. What was it for? You went you went with Elsie. I got engaged in Savannah. Ha! Yeah. You were so, the guy to ask. So what am I doing up there? So um, we were talking about this earlier. I think the um, uh, the place that I wouldn't miss, because most of Savannah is... Is just kind of like walking it, you know. It's it's a it's maybe the most walkable city that I've been to, just in terms of in the south. Because come on, Boston is as walkable as it gets. Boston's as walkable, but it's not as scenic throughout mm. the walk. So it's like Savannah. Everywhere you go, they have all these like squares set up. So it's like a, a park every two, maybe three blocks um, for about like a ten by ten block area. Um, so, so it's a great place to just kind of stroll and, and smoke, which is key because um, I'm not exactly sure when, but at some point in the last five or ten years, they put a smoking ban in place. So, um, the, the, yeah, boo for sure. And the, the few, the few uh, cigar shops that there are in the town, uh, while they have a decent selection and are readily accessible for anybody walking around, you can't smoke in. So it's good that you can walk around. And uh, unless this has changed in the last year or two, you can also drink on the street, so you can take your drink from the bar with your cigar and just kind of walk around and hang out. And that's a good time. Yeah, so that, that was pretty cool. Uh, and there's a bar called the Old Pink House, uh, restaurant and bar. So it's an old. Oh, that, that's like where Ivan took me on my uh, bachelor party. There you go, Pink yeah. Pony. Oh. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm they must have, they must have multiple locations. So my wife enjoyed <laughs> enjoyed your bachelor party spot. No, it's 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 an old mansion with a basement level uh, uh, piano bar. Um, so, like, you know, good lounge music stuff for, you know, if you're able to, if you want, like, a quiet, sort of low-key, but still kind of cool, different bar night. So, uh, highly recommend Savannah to whomever. Um, that was a, that was a great trip. And we got engaged on Tybee Island. Um, so, very short drive right off the coast of, uh, of that area of Georgia. We'll, we'll go there and, and, yeah. uh, and celebrate your... There you go. <laughs> your nuptials there, there. We actually we so your engagement. They have these like bench swings on the beach every like fifty to one hundred yards. Should I or take so? flowers? Like here goes. I Nick's. do it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, here take, goes Nick's single life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll take a sweater. <laughs> and take a sweater. So what I was going to say was we went around this time of year, and I made the mistake of planning to propose on a beach. It was basically like us and a homeless guy. Um, oh, that's so lovely. Was, we were in good company, so luckily that didn't ruin anything for it. But. Uh, yeah, highly recommend that whole that whole area, and the food obviously is great. I mean, you're like all the best of low country, low country stuff right on the water. So, so that's a great trip. Ivan, have you been to Savannah? Yeah, here are my only two contributions. Thinking back, uh, I remember going to a bar called the Cotton Exchange. So that was, I remember that being very cool. And the other thing is, my dad went to high school in Savannah, and I might. This is where I might get my golf jeans from he is a self-proclaimed putt-putt golf champion mm. in savannah so i guess that's what he spent most of his time doing uh in high school so that's nice. all i got that's for where savannah. you got your golf uh, <laughs> all right last recommendation uh if if you are a cigar smoker which obviously if you're listening to this you are and you are in savannah uh stop by exotic cigars um there you know i'm sure other cigar shops in the area worth visiting, but uh, as far as the the tobacconists that are there, uh, despite the smoking ban and the fact that they don't have to deal with the hospitality aspect or can't anymore, 
far and away the the best service, the most you know hospitable ownership. Exotic um, cigars. Exotic, huh? which it's it's funny because it's 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 on that strip right on the river that you know you look in and it it looks like a lot of tourist trappy t-shirts and stuff, but they have a good cigar selection and and their owners are uh, this incredibly nice group of uh, of Caribbean. Uh, ladies, who you, you know you wouldn't expect to be owning a cigar shop in the deep south. Yeah, hey, um, ladies. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, great, great people. Um, so year in review, we are upon you know the tail end of the year is upon us, and we are remembering some of the coolest stuff that we did in the magazine over the course of the last year. Um, you guys talked a bit about your trip to Italy. Um, I still haven't stopped talking about it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that trip was just. Uh... That was awesome, and we'll be hopefully going back to do a uh, an event there next year. So look out for that. For that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. Very cool. Um, at the very beginning of the year, we ran a uh, a short piece titled "Fidel Castro is Dead Now What?" And the uh, basic idea of the story was Fidel Castro is dead, but that doesn't really mean that a whole lot else has changed. Coming on to the end of the year, what's the what are the thoughts on the whether... title? Was spot on. <laughs> nothing has changed. Nothing has changed at all. So still arresting people, still still blasting embassies with <laughs> sonic waves. I think that was the the Cuba story of the year, really. Even though I mean, we didn't cover it because it's not really our um, our area for for print, but it, it it was such a typically Cuban way to to bother dip. Like what an obnoxious, just like let's you know let's just be loud. Let's like so make Cuban. their ears ring. <laughs> but I read something that it caused like brain damage and like hearing loss on some of the people that were affected. And so. like vertigo and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the worst Cuban party. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had a good time, but it was just really freaking loud. <laughs> what about you, Nick? You uh you guys you and Andy took a couple trips, right? Yeah, Andy is our uh Andy's our art director. Uh so he joins uh you know, either me or Eric uh, or, or Ivan uh, when we do some of these travel stories. And um, I think the surprise of the year travel-wise was that Andy, who um, he, he got here from Cuba, what, five, six years ago? Yeah. So being here at Cigar Snob, I mean, more so than – he's done more travel than most people, let alone most people who just arrived Yeah, no kidding. Uh, in a country. And uh, Milwaukee and Madison, I think, were his favorite places uh, of all the places that we've been. I think uh, it, it's – it's just really cool architecture and that like Midwestern sensibility. So like the people are nice as shit. Sort of like Chicago, right? Yep. It's like a clean Chicago. Uh, so if you're into but Chicago, did, did it get trumped by Boston now? Because he came back did. raving about it. He came it. back raving, but I think uh, I think Milwaukee and Madison are still are still in up his there heart. for him, and they're still in his heart. He's still a cheesehead. <laughs> uh, still a cheesehead at heart. Um, but uh, but yeah, and and. Uh, you know, as long as we're on that topic I, you know, and, and recommending shops in the areas we're talking about, uh, for me, Maduro in uh, in downtown Madison, Wisconsin, just like half a block from the Capitol building, uh, little cabinet humidor, but super cool little uh, uh, speakeasy-ish bar, very intimate, usually gets like a good crowd going, great craft beer because you're in Wisconsin. Yep. Um, so that's uh, that's the. So when you're in Wisconsin do, and you're at a bar. Like, you know, normally you sit down, you get a little bowl of peanuts. In Wisconsin, they just give you, like, cheese? They won't give you the cheese, but <laughs> you want to order some cheese, like some fried cheese curds or something like that. I, I don't know. I don't know if they have bar snacks at Maduro. Like, um, here you go. Bam. Yeah. Cheddar. 
I'd be all for that though. I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm all about free cheese. So not you. <laughs> we're like peanuts, please. Peanuts, please. Um, we uh, and then after that trip, we came back to the office and had the year's biggest culinary adventure at Cigar Snob headquarters. It's sad was, uh, to say that, but yes. Well, I mean, culinary in the sense of our creating something, right? I don't know that we trust ourselves with much more than grilling brats. So that's where we, that was our cutoff. And actually, the brats were pretty great. They were um, awesome. We did, uh, I know there was a jalapeno cheddar. There was a, a pretty standard. Was like a, there was, yeah, there was there a was standard like a, one. A, a and then there was like a black and blue one that was and called, the, right? Right, yeah, which was, was it, uh, it was blue cheese and bacon? I don't know what the other. There was something else in there, but. Uh, yeah, so we got them from rjmeats.com, um, and and that was like... But then they also like gave us some pointers on how to, how to make them. Right, how to right. So, them. so we simmered some of them in beer, so that's a very typical Wisconsin thing. We simmered them in, uh, in beer before finishing them on the grill, and um, that wasn't my first time doing that. I don't know if you guys had had that before. I, I'd ne- well, I'd had them, I just didn't, I hadn't prepared them, so right. I didn't know, but you know, now every time you're at like a tailgate for a football game, and you see the guy... In the tailgate next to you, pouring beer on the brats as they're being made, you're like, buddy, that's not that's not what it's that's not how you do that. Yeah, you know. So so we did we did learn something that with that little culinary uh, adventure. And the nice heads up they gave us was the about the uh, pretzel bread or pretzel bun to use. Right. Very true. Yeah, so the pretzel bun. Like with so many other things, the bun is the thing that it's too tea, few man. people too few people account for. I always ask that when someone says. Oh, this place has the best burger. I always say, what's the bread like? The patty, yeah, you have to have good meat. We got that. But if you don't have a good bun, you can't possibly have a good burger. And the same goes for this. Yeah. Right. And so finally, uh, you know, when, whenever Oh, you didn't do... jump on this topic at all. You didn't care about it. No. Okay. No, no, no. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about the, the bread? Yeah. No, we can talk bread. Actually, you no. know, so if, no. if people are in Miami, you know where there's a great pretzel bun is, uh, is Butcher Shop in Wynwood. If you're ordering, a, a, not enough people opt for the, the pretzel bun, but the butcher shop pretzel bun is... Thank you, Nick. I mean, you just at. left me hanging there with this No, bread. no, no. You brought up a very, very important point, and, yeah. uh, and we shouldn't leave people hanging. <laughs> um, over the course of doing all of our magazine work, we uh, talk to people who don't necessarily make cigars or grow tobacco or run cigar shops, and some of those people are pretty cool. So... Who are some of the you know most interesting or favorite people that we've run into over the course of uh, of this year? Uh, Gary Sheffield for me was uh, was a really cool cat. Uh, Gary Sheffield, Rocco Mediate, right? Those those two guys, even though they are you know celebrities in their world, uh, they were really down to earth, cool guys, and loved cigars. So I, I like that they they were engaging guys. Sometimes you run into these guys and they they're just kind of. They're not engaged by your conversation, kind of like Nick with my conversation about bread. Yeah. And uh, but but no, Gary was great, man. I uh, I really enjoyed uh, chatting with him. That's what I thought was the coolest guy. I loved Rocco. You yeah. know, for me, it was a a dream come true. Even though he's super down to the most down to earth person you can ever talk to, just being able to talk, you know, golf and specifically, I guess you the one of the biggest uh, golfing moments I guess in history, which was the U.S. Open. Uh, playoff head to head against Tiger so he was you know he was very candid about everything and yeah that was amazing so Rocco for me was pretty cool this year we've talked about him recently but uh for me Domenico Vaca well you um, spent a lot of time with him too. spent a lot of time with him uh in in New York and then he was in Miami shortly thereafter and and he helped us out with uh 
with a fashion guide. Um, but I, I, to me, you know, speaking of down to earth, you know, we we were first put in touch with Domenico Vaca maybe a year and a half ago when his publicist reached out to us. I think because he just really wanted a, an excuse to smoke cigars while doing his press stuff. <laughs> yep. Um, and honestly, I don't I don't know that we knew very much about him because none of us is a, a custom suit fashion guru guy. Uh, and going into it, you sort of assume, you know, like some things about the guy who makes and the the Italian who makes and sells, you know, thirty thousand dollar custom suits. Uh, but this was like he's just such a cool dude, tremendous cigar smoker, dresses. Uh, dresses some of the you know biggest stars in Hollywood, and and you can tell that he's somebody who makes it a point to associate with people that he can relate to on that level, despite his being in a world that maybe his personality you know doesn't always mirror one to one. You know, so he's. Uh, what did he like to smoke the most? Uh, he's his go tos uh, of among non Cubans are the Padron Seven Thousand, um, and and I, I think he he likes that shape especially because he's one of these guys who. You know, when he smokes, he likes to make that his uh, his me time. So he'll do uh, a, you know long strolls or whatever in New York City uh, when he's there, and he he talks about smoking Padron Seven Thousand. But I know that he shops at at the Nat Sherman Townhouse. Uh, so he's he's smoking a Padron Seven Thousand in the opener that's right. of the piece. Yeah, that was last issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was last issue in our in our the the one with the Italian trip and the yep. Italian style guide. So, uh, so yeah, that, that, you know, that was the, the person find for me. Uh, and I'm sure we'll, we'll maintain that relationship and, and he's excited to, to put us in touch with some of his Hollywood buddies. Um, we're, we're in the, in the works on doing something with Jeremy Piven, who, um, Very cool. is on, on vacation now, but at some point next year, that's something to look forward to Jeremy Piven, um, who, uh, who was in, in Entourage and who was dressed by Domenico Vaca. He pretty much did all his wardrobe for that series and for the movie, so... That'll be cool. Let's check back in on the cigars. Yeah, keeps cruising along, right? Yeah. Just loving the smoke. Uh, I'm a little farther down than you. I don't know how because I've talked so damn much. But uh, I'm a slow. I'm slow. I'm slow. And you had me thinking about bread. I had, to, I had to put this down to think about those pretzel buns. That's true. That's true. But uh, no, man, I'm still. I'm, I love the cigar. I can't. Like I said, I can't say enough good things about it. It is. It is consistent. It's continued along that same path that we've, you know, that we presented earlier. So. Which is totally my speed. I love that when I like it at the beginning, I don't want surprises. At least that's, you know, if I'm yeah. smoking just for me, I can appreciate that roller coaster thing that, that you get in some cigars. Yeah. But if I, if I, when I'm just smoking for me, I, again, I'm, I'm one of those, like, I, I want to like turn my brain off and enjoy. Just enjoy that, that profile. Yeah. Well, the other thing about this particular cigar, and you know, we, for audio purposes, we turned off our rabbit air cleaner or what do you call that? Air purifier. Yeah. Uh, so we turned it off. So now it's very smoky in here and we've got the, you know, the three of us smoking the same thing. It's the aroma of this cigar. I always tell people if you, if you can, uh, when it comes to a good cigar, if possible, smoke it indoors, uh, so that you can get the aroma. You know, you smoke this outdoors in a golf course and you're losing it. Every puff you take is gone. So in here, it's actually, this is a perfect room to walk into right now. If you wanted to smell the uh, the oliva aroma we're gonna shift into our parting recommendations i want to switch things up here i want to make sure that we're leading with ivan because i want to make sure that we're checking back in with you every episode until we have confirmed whether those glasses took 10 strokes off your game i think i'm about one stroke off my game right now <laughs> so you have to play I 10 got, times yeah okay. i got nine to go all right but uh i'm getting there 
No, but cool. seriously, how do you like them? Uh, nice man. They look cool as shit. So I you f- have, so you played with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, I cool. did, I did. Um, I feel cool, you know, as Dion says, <laughs> look good, feel good, feel good, play good. So at least I, I, I look good I and it Dion keeps the reference. Sun out. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. Besides that, I did pick up a new item that I'd like to share with everybody. Uh, I got his and her matching uh, pillows. Ooh. Yeah. So I got, let me see. It's called Coop Home Goods Shredded Hyperallergenic Pillow. So It's a shredded pillow? It's a shredded mic, uh, memory foam pillow. So it's adjustable. So It sounds like they took like the memory foams from 100 mattresses that they were making and they just took like the shavings like, uh, and then just package it and sold I think it that's to you ba- i think that's basically what they did i don't know if this is marketing or not but it works <laughs> so far i've slept in it one time <laughs> how's your neck next you're amaz- always complaining about that neck's amazing 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 neck it'll take another two strokes off my game <laughs> cigar snob best buy <laughs> the coop so does that does that have anything to do with cigar coop our buddy will hmm maybe oh man we'll watch out again Coop, he's, get yourself some royalties out of that. He's over there shaving mattresses yes. between <laughs> between blog posts. Um, Eric, any recommendations that you would uh, have people uh, check out? I know you wanted to uh, to mention. Uh, well, so, look, recommendations. I think the shoot that we that we just did, featuring the Villiger La Vencedora and Villiger La Meridiana. Those are two new lines from Villiger. We did a, a shoot with two different models and. Uh, that was just freaking awesome. That's my recommendation is check that out. Uh, that's coming up mid-January. I- I'm also reading, if you want to just like traditional recommendations, I'm reading uh, Elon Musk right now. Pretty interesting book. Who's he? Who's he? No, He's, I'm kidding. Uh, yeah, I'm kidding. okay, all right, all right. Good. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Tesla, SpaceX, PayPal. So this is, a, is this an autobiography or it's about something in It's particular? a biography. Okay. It's a biography. Uh, Ashley Vance wrote it. And uh, yeah, it's just he's an interesting cat, cool. and and reading it, it just you know dispels a lot of the the myths about about him and pretty cool recommended. So uh, I'll go the same route. Do uh, a magazine related recommendation. Our schedule. We talked about the process for creating the top twenty five list in the last episode. Our schedule for releasing that list online. If you uh, want to sit on pins and needles waiting for our <laughs> list, which I know a lot of people do. Yes. Uh, will be January 8, 9, and 10. So on the 8th, we will be announcing the cigars that landed spots 25 through 16, on the 9th, 15 through 6, and on the 10th, 5 through 1. So it's a good on, list. on January 8, 9, and 10, you want to make sure that you are uh, either refreshing CigarSnobMag.com or that you're following CigarSnobMag on Twitter, Instagram, uh, check out Cigar Snob Magazine on Facebook, and we will be sort of, you know, continually updating all of that over the course of those three days. Um, and then, as far as non-magazine recommendations, just yesterday I saw All the Money in the World, uh, which is the name of a movie, uh, not uh, a pile of money that I saw. Um, and uh, it was about J. Paul Getty, um, which was uh, it was a pretty cool movie, but I think the most interesting thing about it that I was surprised at how seamless the whole thing was, was that uh, the movie had already been shot and J. Paul Getty was played by uh, Kevin Spacey. So after the diddling accusations came out, they had to go back and reshoot every Kevin Spacey scene with Christopher Plummer. 
Oh my god. Uh, I was surprised at how seamless the whole thing felt, uh, and it's a really cool story. I won't, I won't ruin things for people who aren't familiar with the history, but uh, Getty oh, is they reshot everything. They reshot well, just his scene. Yeah, yeah. But still, luckily, good. most of it is. So the the whole thing is that Getty, who is the namesake of the Getty Museum in L.A., uh, was this obscenely wealthy guy who had this huge art collection, and his son is kidnapped. And so the whole thing is his ex-wife trying to get him to pony up the money for the ransom. So most of the scenes that Kevin Spacey was in were just him in a room or him with one other person. So it's not like he's walking okay. through crowds. And um, So I, I imagine, I'm not sure I should have looked into this before we started talking about it on the podcast. <laughs> this one, but no, that's I, I don't know whether they like CGI'd him into scenes or if they reshot stuff where he's talking to, uh, to other characters. But in any case, that's sort of an interesting little tidbit, but the movie is cool. Who's Plummer? I, I don't Christopher Plummer. The old guy. Christopher Plummer is, <laughs> is the old guy I'm sure Kevin Spacey was upset he was replaced by. You, uh, you would think so they would dude. get two two guys that were closer in age. You would think so, yeah. Uh, so, but, what do we know him from? Uh, the Sound of Music. Okay. Beginners. Remember. Um, but yeah, lots of stuff. Uh, Charlie Chaplin. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so anyway, yeah. All, all the Money in the World is uh, is my recommendation for this episode. Uh, check it out. Uh, not necessarily a theater movie, but that's where I saw it and it was good. Any other parting thoughts? Go get yourself a Milano. Yep. Uh, seriously, it uh, it was our Cigar of the Year 2012. It's uh, just a rock solid cigar. You're going to love it. Absolutely, yeah. And I, I think cigars are one of those things where it's it's so easy to, uh, because the the families are so tied to the to the companies and the products, when you want to reward or like show appreciation for the the work that a family puts in, yeah, that's the it's, idea. It's right? easy to it's yeah. easy to do, and 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 it's a thing that you know, to the extent that the cigar community is a community, it, it's sort of a low barrier for you to participate. In yeah, that way. that's why last you know last podcast I said you know go out and smoke a padrone, and maybe I didn't clarify that, but what I meant was go smoke a padrone in as a tribute to this man, and and I think. You know, after this podcast, I think you do the same. You go out and, and smoke a, a Milano or a, or even a V or or any Oliva product as a, as a tribute to to Mr. Oliva. But, and to get to know him. If, if you're not as yeah. familiar as you'd like to be, to, to get to know these people that you're hearing so much about. Because you, you learn stuff about them smoking the things they made. Absolutely. With that, we're out. All right. Thank you very much. Catch us next time. Visit CigarSnobMag.com. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate and review us. And send all of your comments, questions, and news to <laughs> feedback at cigarsnobmag.com. Thank Bye. you, guys. Happy New Year. Bye.